This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Mindsetters, another phenomenal episode in the books. Lauren Hardy just got done with a phenomenal conversation. This single mother has been building her real estate business since 2011. And it's amazing to hear her story of going from the corporate world into investing and not really getting caught up along the way. We talk about some current challenges she's dealing with. We talk about past challenges, but more importantly, we talk about this idea of figuring out a way to make things happen, to not let the excuses get in the way, but actually make those excuses the reason why we have to be able to move forward. So I don't want to spoil anything. It's a phenomenal episode. If you guys like the podcast, if you like this episode, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you haven't, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the bell and uh, so you get notified and drop us a review on your favorite podcasting app. It helps us reach so many more people and we really want to impact as many as we can with this phenomenal investor mindset. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. All right, Mindsetters, welcome back to another fun episode. I have Lauren Hardy in the studio today. How are you doing, Lauren? I'm good. How are you? I am doing phenomenal. And Lauren is an incredible investor who flips houses and wholesales remotely. She originally started her career locally in Orange County, California, and quickly shifted gears to focus out of state when the market started to get really competitive. And I know firsthand all about that. I was in Orange County back in the day. And She's a mother of two, and she's kicking butt at what she does, and I'm really excited to dig into some of her background. You ready to get into it with me here? I am. All right. Well, obviously, from what I know about you, you've grown, you've, you're doing so many great things these days, but why don't we start up by taking a look back? What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Whoa, that's deep. I didn't know you we were going to get that deep uh, this early on. Uh, well, you know, a big one would be I had a mom who, you know, she really worked really hard. Um, she was an immigrant and she, all she knew was hard work and she worked in IT. She worked easily 65 hours a week, uh, corporate life. So I didn't see my mom very much. But, um, and she was, I mean, despite everything, she was a wonderful mom, but she was at work a lot. And I saw her, you know, working just really, really, really hard and not being around for some of the more important moments, um, you know, mm. of my life and just kind of missing out on stuff. It, it, it was sad. She missed out on a lot of, you know, fun things that she could have been doing. Um, but, you know, she was kind of trapped in her office, you know, quite a bit. So I would say... Mm. I always went in, um, you know, knowing or wanting, you know, some sort of my, like my own business or flexibility when I was having kids, because I didn't want my kids to have the same situation. Yeah, it makes sense. It's kind of like that impact has designed how your business and personal life is really set up now. Just kind of hearing that. Is that right? Right. Yeah, definitely. I, I wasn't as money focused as I was more like freedom of schedule focused. Yeah, absolutely. And what was it? I mean, obviously she came over, she was an immigrant. She had this drive. She had to make money. She had to make uh, ends meet. How has that kind of impacted your life as well or the way that you look at the world? Well, you know, my mom, it's like no excuses. <laughs> 
you know, like, I mean, you, you've got like the parent that was like, I traveled like, you know, two miles in the snow to walk to school or whatever. My mom was like, I came from Iran and we moved to Compton and had nothing. And we had to work like three jobs to not only like afford the apartment we lived in, but also put ourselves through college. So like, I don't want to hear your excuses. <laughs> so I definitely, uh, my mom always reminded me that like, I'm very blessed. My parents, you know, paid for my college. I never had to worry about like, a roof over my head up until, you know, I moved out of the house, you know, I didn't have to worry about helping contribute, you know, to pay the bills when I was 16, like my mom did. Um, so yeah, I mean, what I would say, she definitely gave me that kind of like no BS, no excuses. Like anytime I want to mm -hmm. come up with an excuse, I hear like my mom in the background, like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to hear it. Um, so yeah, you know, that was, that was definitely, um, I would say she's a big motivator for me. Um, but I didn't want her life. I didn't want to work 65 hours a week. Like that's not for me. So yeah. there's something really to that immigrant drive. Uh, we hear a lot about it. When you look at the number of immigrants that move and start very successful businesses or work in very successful roles and companies, it's actually a much higher percentage than people who were born and raised in America. And obviously part of that is the fact that they came here they were already more motivated than maybe some of the folks who weren't able to come here. But there's something about that. And it seems like being able to take and apply some of the good within that has probably driven you to a lot of the success while also realizing you don't want to just be a slave to your work. Absolutely. I, I mean, I would say that the difference between like my mom and like some of my family members is like they don't have this inherent entitledness that like maybe I did because I lived here. So like America's all I know, you know, I'm, I'm a little entitled, you know, I were entitled to, uh, you know, school being free and, um, everybody gets an education here, you know, and everybody, I mean, a lot, most of my friends went to college and didn't have to pay for it. Um, so with, you know, having an immigrant parent that, you know, she always reminded me that it wasn't like that for her. So, you know, they're, I, they definitely don't have the entitlement issues, I think, that some of us have here. Um, but, you know, again, I, it, it, I could go a little bit, you know, too far where it's like all they think of to do is hard work. I would say they work hard, but not mm -hmm. smart. And I also was blessed that I had my dad on the other end, who was a college professor. He had a awesome schedule. Like he worked, he'd always joke. I only work, you know, I, I work half the year. <laughs> so he was, he had like the really cool flexible schedule. So I saw like the combination of both. And I thought, okay, well, if I could have like my dad's mentality of not having to work as many hours, but then my mom's like hard work and kind of mm -hmm. combine them together, it might work out where I don't have to work as hard. I just work smarter and make the same amount of money. And that was my goal. Yeah, that's huge. And so I know just a little bit about your background. You were working in the corporate world before, but tell me, what are you doing right now as an investor? What's what's that kind of, what, what what's your current primary focus? Primary focus right now is volume wholesaling. And I actually wholesale or my primary market is out of state. So I live in Orange County, California, but my market territory is in, in Oklahoma. And we're primarily just assigning contracts. So it's just, it's all wholesaling right now. I'm not flipping yeah. very many homes. And, and so you had been flipping quite a few homes, both in Orange County, 
in your current market and in other markets that you were working in before, what made you decide to kind of change focus uh, recently? I think it's where the market's at. Um, a, a lot of my flips last year, they weren't as profitable as I thought. I sort of noticed that the market was turning a little bit on me, going a little flat. But on the wholesale side, I've been able to push my fees quite a bit. There's still a lot of hungry investors. So it's been easier when I, after a flip was done, I would look back and go, God, what would I have made if I just wholesaled this thing? And realizing that the price was almost, you know, pretty close. So to cut out like six months of headache and holding costs and all the risk, I thought, forget it. I'm just going to wholesale these things instead and focus on that. So I'm just, I've moved to a more volume wholesale model. I like it. Um, but that doesn't mean that I, you know, won't flip a home. I, I will probably get back into flipping if the market, um, you know, if we see the market soften up a little bit, I'll definitely get back into flipping. Hopefully here in my local market would be ideal. So, yeah. I think there's a really important mindset that Lauren has right here that I want to point out is that she recognized and many other investors have recognized where their strengths are in the current market because we can try to fit our strategy into a different market. And in, in 2011, flipping every single house you buy and doing all the work yourself works in nearly every market in the country. But when you're remote and you're doing these things, you you kind of figure out, well, hey, what's working now for me that we can make the most money and also not lose our butt? Because I've been in a similar situation, Lauren, myself. So I, I know exactly what you're going through. Yep, definitely. So talk to me a little bit about this process of transitioning from being a corporate person working in the corporate world um, to getting started in real estate. I know that for you, it wasn't like a light switch where you just said, I'm done and I'm I'm now a full-time real estate investor. Walk us through that process for you and how you thought about making that change so you could kind of be sustainable for your family. Right on, right on. Well, I would say a topic I don't, you know, I don't bring this up very much, but it really did start with a really bad boss. I had the worst boss ever. <laughs> and this guy made me so motivated to never want a boss ever again. Mm. I, every day, I mean, he fueled my fire to want to start my own company, A, so I could be a good boss. And be, you know, treat my employees with respect and kindness. Um, but B, to kind of like hold my middle finger up to him one day. And I did actually get that moment. It was really interesting. So I, I definitely, it started with a bad boss and it planted, this guy planted this seed. And every day I started thinking about like, what can I do? I need to be self-employed. Like, I don't care what it is. I'm going to start a business. And I just started getting these ideas. Like I was just like, okay. I mean, anything I looked at, I'd be like, how can I sell that? How can I repackage that? Maybe I could sell that on Amazon. Like I didn't care what it was. I was going to start a company. Um, and then it wasn't like until I was just at a barbecue and I was talking with my brother and he had started flipping homes actually a couple years prior to me. And I don't know why it was never something I thought about doing ever. I, it just didn't come to me like to do that. But I, I said, you know, you actually have a really cool schedule. Why? Maybe I should do what you do. He said, yeah, definitely. So he gave me some courses to read over. Um, I, I found bigger pockets online. Like I found some cool podcast to listen to. And I just dove into the information. 
So I spent, I would say like, you know, maybe a couple months, like educating myself, like learning, like what's the business? How do people make money? Like, you know, just kind of A to Z, how do you flip a house? Right. As Mm -hmm. soon as I felt like I knew enough, it was like go time. And I just went for um, the marketing aspect of it. I kept my corporate job. Um, so I did keep, you know, I stayed at my corporate job and my goal was, okay, if I can replace my income, if I could have enough for one year in savings, if I don't make another dime, at least I have a year in savings, my corporate income, then I will Mm -hmm. quit my job. So it took me about a year to get to that point. I flipped a few homes and it was 2011. It was a good time. And I was able to, you know, stash away in savings my income for a year. And uh, coincidentally, I had, uh, I was pregnant during that time. I had a daughter who was one and a half. And then I was pregnant with my second daughter. And so right when she was born was right when I like closed that last flip that like gave me that, you know, income marker that I needed saved up. And so I just didn't go back um, after my maternity leave. And that was a big day, like to call my boss. I was super nervous, like, oh, by the way, I'm not coming back. Um, This is obvious. A lot of people do that. But um, it was a big moment to be like, I quit. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm done punching a clock. And that's like, it was crazy to hit that level. But what an empowering moment, though, to to hate a job because it's just you're working for somebody who isn't respecting what you're doing. You're just not feeling good in that role. And to be able to set yourself up to be able to actually get the heck out of there and say, hey, you know what? I'm not coming back and I'm not worried about it. And I'm gonna, I don't care if I burn the bridge and burn the whole place down on my way out. <laughs> I know that I'm set. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. It was a huge moment. It was, um, I think when you set a goal like that and you think about it every single day, I mean, several times a day to then yeah. finally reach that goal. It, it's a big deal. And it's not just about money. I mean, for me, it wasn't a whole lot of money that I was looking to make. It was all about, I just don't want to punch the clock anymore. I don't want yeah. a boss anymore. I, if my kid gets sick, I don't want to have to explain why I have to take the day off. You know, I just, that's all I wanted. And it was a huge moment for me. That's an incredibly motivating moment to be able to get that freedom. And it sounds like you're able to get there. One thing I want to talk a little bit about here, because I think it'll really, it really touch a lot of our listeners, is this whole idea of, you know, you're, you're a single mom, two amazing kids, and you built this business while being a mom. And I think for all the people out there, I'd love to hear kind of what's your philosophy and why you think you're able to do it. Because what I hear from a lot of people is, oh, I can't do this because I have young kids. Yeah, well, definitely it's tough. Young kids make it hard to do just about anything. Um, Try like going to Costco with them on a Sunday. (laughs) It's tough. But, um, you know, I would say uh, something I learned early on is you can't waste time. So I don't have a lot of time to waste. So I focus on only the items that make money in my day. Like every day I'm like, okay, what are the three things that I can do that actually put money in my pocket? And I focus on those items first and I get those things done before I do anything else. I think when people don't have kids, they have a lot of time to waste. So they, you know, they get on Facebook forums and they get on, I don't know, blogs and, and 
they listen to a ton of podcasts. I mean, no offense, you listen to this one, but I mean, they almost overdo it. They kind of get an analysis mm-hmm. paralysis a little bit. We hear mm-hmm. a lot about analysis paralysis in our business. Um, but when you don't have time to waste, you're just like, all right, what am I supposed to do? I got to do these three things to make money. Cool. I'm doing them. I've got three hours. So every day I basically take like three solid hours where it's like intense focus. I do the, you know, three activities a day that make a lot of money. And then the rest of my hours, you know, I fit in the emails and the networking and the other things, you know, but as long as I just, I don't waste time. That's the number one key takeaway. And how did you go about figuring out what those key money-making activities are for you or how would other people go about figuring out them for themselves? Well, you got to think, okay, so look that, you know, look at your business. Okay. What, what could you do every day? If there was only three items that you could do for period, you can't do anything else. What are the three items that would still put money in your pocket? What are the the crucial top three items? Like for a real estate investor, wholesaler, um, somebody, you know, who's marketing maybe directly to sellers. For me, it's talking to seller leads. Um, Mm -hmm. It is making offers on houses and it's pushing more marketing out to talk to more seller leads. So those are like the three things I focus on. Um, I'm in a position now where I've hired out some of these activities. So I'm more... Uh, making sure those things are happening, those three things. So with talking Mm -hmm. with seller leads, I'm making sure my acquisition manager is talking to seller leads. Um, I'm then making sure the marketing has gone out and I'm for, you know, planning my marketing calendar for the next couple months and I'm analyzing the marketing that comes in. Um, And then I'm making sure that we get a certain amount of offers out um, and checking how many contracts we're getting in and things like that. So I'm in a, now a more of a management role of those three items, but Prior to Mm -hmm. that, I was doing all this myself. So it was, I would talk to sellers. I was making offers. I was making sure, okay, I'd set goals like, okay, how many offers do I need to hit a month or a week or whatever? Um, How many sellers does that mean I need to talk to? Um, You know, and then how much marketing do I need to do to get those sellers in to talk to that many sellers to make that many offers to close that many deals? So I know my numbers pretty well. Knowing your numbers is definitely a big thing. That's a big, big big thing in business of any type. And that's the difference between owning a job and owning a business is really knowing your numbers. And I'm always working on getting better at that. But I want to circle back to this whole idea of, you know, being a parent and using that as actually a reason, because it sounds like you've built your whole life around being able to have time to be able to spend with the kids. And sure, you could scale this business to a whole different level. You could go back and get a corporate job again if you so desired, which you don't. But I feel like what I'm hearing from you is that it didn't, instead of it being an excuse, it seemed like it was actually the reason that you had to succeed in this business. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely is because, you know, when I was, when I had my daughter, And, uh, her first year she got sick, like every three weeks, like it was hard. I mean, she was just that kid that was always sick. I mean, nothing major, you know, but it was just like constant, you know? And I, it was really hard. Like I would have to like beg random people to watch my kids so I can go to work. It was so tough. So I just, I don't know. I just didn't want to live that way. And so I, I always have it in the back of my head. Like if you can't make this work, 
you're going to have to go back to that life. And those little kids are going to have to sit in daycare till six o'clock at night. And you're going to be so tired by the time you pick them up. You're never really going to see them very much. You're not going to be able to like go to the, you know, events at school that are so important to them. So that's like always like that fire, you know, underneath my butt to like keep it going. So anytime I want to give up or I don't want to do something um, or, you know, like you know, in our business that our cheese moves, you know, quite a bit. If you've read that book, who moved mm-hmm. your cheese? Mm-hmm. Um, or who, if, I, I can't remember what that book was called. Who, who moved, moved my, my cheese, cheese or whatever, you know, I mean, in our business, like you could be doing something for like three, four months. And then all of a sudden it's like, mm, this doesn't work anymore. Too many people are doing it. And now it's saturated. So you got to find something else or you need to go to a different territory, or you need to go from flipping houses to wholesaling houses or from wholesaling houses to flipping houses. So every time like something's not working, I start, I start feeling it. I can tell like, okay, wait, we're not getting many, as many contracts as we did two months ago. What's going on. And then it's like, okay, I think I got my cheese moved again. I got to figure this out because I've got those two kids I have to pick up every day from school. Mm -hmm to feed them and I don't want to get a job. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So you've figured out, you know exactly what you want. You want this lifestyle. You want the freedom of the time to be able to spend with the family. And yeah. real estate is just a, it's just a, it's just a vehicle to getting there. And every time it changes, you just got to change with it. I think that's really powerful. It's a heck of a reminder because I've seen it in the three years that I've been in this business. You've been in it a lot longer than I have. The cheese has moved a lot, especially yeah. of recent seems to move every month. I can't even keep track of the numbers. Things that made us a ton of money uh, six, eight months ago also lost us money in the last month or two. And so it's very fascinating how things move and you just have to move with it. But as long as you have that motivation, that motivation comes from a deeper place, you're going to keep changing when you need to change. Yep. 100%. (laughs) So talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges that you've dealt with, but more so about how you keep getting up. Because when people hear your story and they hear, okay, well, single mom and she's making all this money and you know she's killing it and she's having all this success, but I know how it is behind the curtain. We all have challenges. Talk to me about some of the challenges that you've dealt with of recent and a little bit about how you kind of overcame those so you could keep moving forward. Ooh, how deep do you want to get? How how vulnerable should I be? Because I have gone through kind of a recent uh, challenge. Um, And I really did actually have to put some thought into this. I even sought out uh, some help from my mentor uh, because I was like, you know, I'm really going through something right now and I'm having a really hard time staying focused. So, mm-hmm. you know, he actually gave me some really good advice and I, I think I, it's, will you know, it's worth a shot sharing it with you guys. So, um, I had as like about six months ago, I, um, had a pretty gnarly breakup with a boyfriend and we mm-hmm. moved in together and it, I was, the rug was pulled out from under me and he didn't want to do that anymore. And I had to move out. And I had to pack up my kids and it was a big home I had to pack up Mm. (laughs) and I had to find a place to live. I needed to get out of there because it was um, not really a fun living environment. So I had to do all of this in about two weeks. Mm. So um, I had a, yeah, it was crazy. So it was like go mode. I I just said, forget it. I'm going to call movers. I'm going to hire help. Like I hired help. I figured out, okay, let's 
how do I just get out of this house and then find a decent place to live? And so I just kind of put project and project, you know, in front of me, I made a list and it was like, all right, found a place to live, check, hired movers, check, packing boxes on Sunday, check, right? By the time it was all said and done, I moved and it was like, okay, dust settled. I've, I'm unpacked, like, you know, and now I have to kind of emotionally deal with what just happened. And I thought mm-hmm. I could just go back to work like Monday morning, like, you're fine. Like, d- keep doing those three things for three hours that make you money, right? Well, mm-hmm. no, like, I was a wreck. Like, I would just sit there and like stare at my like computer and like I could not think about anything other than just what just happened and how mm-hmm. traumatic it was for me and how devastating it was to be, you know you know, it's a, it's heartbreak. And it it was like, I was in this relationship for three years and just devastated, you know? And it was like a month goes by and I'm still like, I can't do anything other than just like stare at the computer. Like I can't get my, I can hardly get myself to work. All I would do is just like answer emails. That was like the best I can do. I'm Mm -hmm. so thankful. I have a really good team. I have employees that kept going when I just couldn't really push them. They still kept going. They didn't need me, you know, on them, you know? So I was really fortunate with that. Um, but when I got, when it hit about like a month and a half of just being like really, really down and having a really hard time staying focused, I talked to a mentor of mine because I do have a mentor and I think everybody should have a mentor. Quick tip on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to my I mentor. I, I opened up. I was like, you know, hey, I got to be honest with you about what's going on. I, I didn't really tell you, you know, this thing's been going on in my life and, and my life's been uprooted. And, you know, I'm just now like, I'm really having a hard time. And he's like, you know, Lauren, <laughs> well, you kind of just heard me say it, but he's like, you need to focus on just the bare minimum that'll keep this ship moving forward. So he's like, you don't even have to do it. Just make sure leads are coming in, like check your, I have a database where I can see leads coming in. You know, he's like, Mm -hmm. check that leads are coming in, check that your employees are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And just make sure, you know, you're getting contracts in. It should take you 30 minutes every day. Just do that every single day for 30 minutes, gather everything you can, all the energy you can to just for 30 minutes, like stay focused and just do that. And then the rest of the day, you can like watch videos on YouTube like that. You can do whatever you want. Just, and it was yeah. interesting, you know, so I would get every day I'd go, okay, it's like nine o'clock. I'd go to my workout and then I'd go, okay, here, just do this. And I would do that 30 minute task of just making sure everyone else on my team, you know, was doing what they're supposed to be doing. And what I found is like slowly, like I was able to do like one extra thing a day. Cause I'd be on a roll, you know, like you're on a roll, you know, you're like, all right, well, might as well like do this, you know, or then, okay, do that. So I'd start kind of building from there. And, you know, yeah, it was a crappy, you know, three months of me being in a fog and being sad. And that's, you know, I'm like everyone else. I get sad. Like I have things happen in my life and I'm not superwoman. Like I can definitely get down just like anyone else. But I think, you know, just that advice of just doing what, you know, those just the bare minimum of like what you need to do, um, that really helped me. And I think like, another thing with my kids, like I tried to not overdo it with my kids. Like I, I bought them, um, I put money in their meal account at school. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not packing lunches. Like I'm just not, I I can't even, I made life super easy. I started, I bought those like meal, like meal delivery service type kits and stuff. Like I was like, I'm not cooking. I I literally, I I was like, I'm done. I'm done cooking. I'm not cooking. 
I'm not doing anything until I get out of this fog. And so, you know, I think that that, um, that really, really helped me. Like that, that advice helped me a lot when you're going through something really hard, you know, just focus on the absolute bare minimum, try to hire out or, you know, hire out the cleaning in your house, like hire out the cooking if you can, or just buy like, if you can't afford like to hire the cooking or get a meal delivery service, like go to like grocery outlet and get like, you know, those TV dinners or something, just do whatever just to survive until you're feeling, you know, mentally better to keep going. I think one big takeaway here is that like we all deal with challenges and we often don't know the challenges other people are dealing with, right? We don't really know. And so when, when something like this comes up for you and you're in a situation where life just changed rapidly, you're grieving the relationship that was important to you. You thought you had it. Now it's no longer here and it's going to affect it's going to affect work. And so we have to realize that we're human and that we have to take a step back and just do the most important things to keep the shift moving in that right direction and sure as heck hope that we have the right people in place to, to keep Definitely. doing that stuff. But knowing that, that it's okay to not move forward as fast as we once did until we're back in a place where we, we feel ready to. And, and we have to give ourselves grace because I think we often hear on a lot of interviews or a lot of people talking about all the good times, but frankly, this is life. Bad stuff's going to happen. And when it happens, we need to just understand that, Hey, this is, this, this happened and I've got to deal with it. And, you know, I can't run away from it. I can't hide from it. At some point it's going to come out if I do. And so, you know, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that because it's in those moments that other people have the opportunity to grow by knowing that we're not all perfect and we're all just trying to get by and do a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, what's crazy about everything like that happened, although I was really unproductive for maybe, you know, two, three months, like I was kind of just, you know, trucking along doing bare minimum. Once I got like mentally to a place where like my, you know, uh, it just, I would say my serotonin and dopamine levels probably are leveled out in our normal range. And I'm happy again. I'm like smiling. I'm going out with friends. Like I'm kind of back to my normal way of happy Lauren. Like my productivity level has skyrocketed. It's bananas. Like I, I'm getting into different things. I'm going into a different market. I've started, I've started like a side coaching and consulting business. Like, and I'm like, where did this all come from? Because I was useless for three months. And then now with, you know, the weight of that relationship off and I have more free time. I, and I'm happy again. I've been able to apply that like extra energy into some really cool projects that like, I don't think I would have done had this not all happened. Um, Mm -hmm. so really it's like, you can afford to take two to three months off. Like if you're going through something, take two to three months off, like go to therapy, like you know, eat, pray, love, like do what you, whatever you need to do to like make, you know, yourself like feel better. And then once you get to that place, like you'll know, you'll wake up and you'll start, you know, feeling productive. You'll start going to the gym, you know, every day again, you'll start doing your normal activities that you're, you know, you used to do. And then don't be afraid to like, try something different, pick up a different project, open up a side business, you know, cause that's, I think it's like in these times where major change happens for people. At least that's how I feel like it's been for me. 
That's great advice. That's some really good advice. So on a different note, talk to me a little bit about how you would define success or what is success to you? Man, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not money focused. I think success really is just having control over your life. You know, just being, you know, having some control over your schedule, having control over your life, um, being able to manifest things that you want. And I think that's different for everybody. Like everybody wants different things. Like some people really want like the beach house or the nice cars. Like some women really love like designer clothing. Like, so, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, for me, it was freedom of schedule. I just, I, I didn't really want, like I wanted the ability to be a creator and not have somebody above me creating things. And then I have to like fulfill their creations. I loved being the creator. I love like the creative freedom I have with owning my own company. So I think it, that for me, that was my wants was creative freedom, mm-hmm. freedom of schedule, and uh, just being able to have done that for myself is really cool. And I'm very thankful every day for that. That's amazing. That's amazing because you've definitely done that. And I, I can definitely see that. What are some of the, the keystone habits, the things you do on a daily or weekly basis that have helped you get to that point? So I am pr- pretty strict on my schedule. I do stay on a schedule for the most part. I have kids, so they screw that up quite a bit. <laughs> That's the one thing, you know, as like a type A person with two kids, I've had to let go of that like control where I want to control my schedule all the time. But I still try to maintain the order, um, especially too. I co-parent. So we've got this custody schedule thing in the mix. Like mm-hmm. I've got to be really good about sort of knowing, you know, my calendar. Um, non-negotiables are I work out almost every day. Um, even if it's like a walk, like I'll count that as a workout, but I do like probably four hard workouts a week, um, non-negotiable. And then I either like run or hike or something the other days. Um, I think taking care of my body, like when you, your body is healthy, you're, you're healthier. You're not getting sick as often. Um, you just feel better. You have more energy. Um, I, I do try to eat pretty healthy. Um, I only drink on the weekends. <laughs> I do drink though, <laughs> you know, but I try to live some basic, you know, healthy. I have some, I live a healthy lifestyle. Um, non-negotiable would be like working out, you know, every day. Um, I'm always, I love like listening. I'm always educating myself. So ways you can do that when you're too busy to read a book would be like audible. Audible is amazing. Download audible and always have an audible book that you're listening to. So I've always got an audible book I'm listening to and they range from all sorts of topics. I almost would be really embarrassed if somebody like got access to my audible list, especially in the last three <laughs> months. It would probably be very embarrassing. Um, but um, I, I'm always, always every day, like listening to something in the car or when I'm doing my runs, like when I go on a run, I love like listening to an audible. Um, other habits, I try to every week reach out to somebody who is successful, like more successful than I am in the terms of how I define that <laughs> in my business. Um, so I try, or or equal, you know, I try to reach out to people that are at, at my level or a little bit above me so I can, you know, kind of see what they're doing. And that's just a quick phone call networking, even at something like this, you know, to just kind of hear like, hey, what's working for you? And 
chat with, you know, you for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. I, it, that keeps me in the game. I love it. Well, that's some really, those are some good habits, some things people can apply directly in their own lives. So we've made it to my favorite part of the show, the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So okay. Lauren, tell us what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now. Oh, I always go to the compound effect by Darren Hardy. 100% my fave. <laughs> it's a very good book. From an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors and how do you look at finding a great mentor in your life? Ooh, God, uh, who are my mentors? I always have like a bunch of mentors that I'm looking at. Um, in our business, like I love some of just our friends, you know, like you, mm. honestly, like what you're doing with this podcast is incredible. Um, Brent Daniels, like he's super inspirational to me right now. Um, the guys at Wholesale Inc., you know, super inspirational. Um, I would say like those are more industry wide. And then as the female, uh, female mentor would be, or like someone that I'm kind of interested right now. I love, uh, that woman from Shark Tank, Barbara Corcoran. Is that how you say her name? Yeah. I probably know how to say she's a badass. I just think she's really cool. I've been like following her on Instagram. Um, and Rachel Hollis, I really like Rachel Hollis. I like her message. Um, I've been kind of, you know, more applying that to my, like to more social stuff, uh, my coaching. So yeah, those are some of the, those are some of my faves right now. She's amazing. And she's a phenomenal speaker. And like, mm -hmm. like you said, wholesaling Inc, Cody Hoffine, Tom Kroll, mm -hmm. Cody was on the podcast episode 13. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, check that one out. And so nice. finally, finally purpose. What drives you to live your best life every day? Oh, my kids. 100. That's, a, that's an obvious answer, I think. But my kids, I want to, you know, I really feel like when you have children, like it's your job to like better yourself. So then they're better versions of you, you know, and then they'll just break whatever, you know, drama and baggage I have. I want to break that chain so they don't have it. So that drives me every day is my kids. Well, this has been wonderful. It's been really good talking to you. And I think you've been real, really an inspiration to a lot of people out there, a lot of parents who are trying to make excuses about why they can't succeed when really those same excuses need to be the reasons to drive them forward. So where can people find out more about you or get in touch? Well, I, I'm pretty active on Instagram and I'm going to be more active soon. So follow me on Instagram. My handle is thismomflips. Um, or you can email me if you want to put those in the show notes. Um, it's lauren at tmfrealestate.com. Wonderful. We'll include all that in the show notes. And Lauren, thank you so much. It's been so much fun catching up with you here. And I can't wait to the next time we get to hang out. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What an incredible episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed putting it together. And I want to tell you about this incredible program that we're now releasing. We're putting it out live and I want you to be a part of it. If you happen to be a high level real estate investor who's really pushing things to the next level, who want to get the most out of their business, they want to take consistent action on a regular basis and work from a place of clarity so you actually can end up at the outcome that you originally got into this game for. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I know when I got into real estate investing, I had planned on doing this so that I get passive cash flow. And I got distracted along the way. And I got distracted with things that were incredible and amazing. And I grew like crazy. But sometimes we got to get back to that core. What are we doing this for and why are we doing this? And there's so many, there's so many things that we're learning in every single episode that 
we need to start applying in our daily basis every single day. So what I've put together and I've brought together an incredible mindset coach who has been doing this for years and years, has 25,000 hours, previously worked with the Tony Robbins organization and many others, and is going to be delivering and training us. He's agreed to do this in a small group setting. Um, so I know a ton of people are going to be interested, and there's very limited spots available. This is not full scarcity. We're only going to take 15 people for the first group. So please make sure you head over to the website, theinvestormindset.com slash action, so you can find out a little bit more and add your name to the wait list so that when we're ready to pull you in, we can start having that conversation and decide if you're a great fit. I know the power of this stuff. I've invested tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars in order to grow myself and my business to the next level. And that's exactly why I'm so grateful that we're going to be bringing this out live and really making a big difference. So join us in this mini mastermind online, this program, and let's help do some incredible things together. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 